Hey friends, welcome to the Stationery Cafe, your podcast for everything stationery, journaling, planning related, and fun things happening in the community. I'm April from Penguins Creative, and in today's episode, I'm really excited to chat with Michelle from Seaweed Kisses. Michelle has been in the stationery community for the longest time, and her collection of Traverse Noble covers and analog system is one of the most impressive ones out there, and I can't wait to hear her story today. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Stationery Cafe podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Do you mind giving our listeners a little intro about yourself? Hi, April. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes, so a little bit about myself. I love stationery, journals, anything paper related, (laughs) pen hoarder, um, dabbler into many things, all things creative. But um, yeah, I think just my love for anything artistic pretty much sums me up in a nutshell. You're in great company because that's what we are. That's who we are. We're a crazy, (laughs) stationary, loving cult, (laughs) group, community here. (laughs) I'll accept it all. (laughs) Initiate me in. Come on, you are already in the dark side, so we don't even have to do any <laughs> invitation. <laughs> so yeah, you've been in the community for a long time too. I feel like you're right here with us, uh, like Mitz, um, High Joy, a bunch of us, like at the very beginning. When when would you say, like, when did you start really getting into the journaling of community? or even like the journaling habit to begin with? Like, can you give us a little bit of the origin story? (laughs) Yeah, well, so my journaling journey started, I think like most of us when we were little, our wee little selves. I can actually recall clearly, I was in the third grade and I remember that because I was actually gifted a little diary with a key and lock and (laughs) that little diary actually changed my life um I don't know if you remember okay I'm a 90s kid so I was obsessed (laughs) with that movie Hocus Pocus and in that movie Hocus you did you remember that movie I know I know that and I know about that movie even though I didn't grow up here but yeah that that book that conjures (laughs) the purchase (laughs) yes yes I was so in that book. I really just love that movie because of Sarah Jessica Parker. I thought she was so beautiful and so funny, but they had that book, this leather book with that eye on it. So when I got this diary and it had a little golden lock with the key set, I just thought of, oh my gosh, I have a magical diary just like on Hocus Pocus. (laughs) So I treasured that journal so much, April, you wouldn't believe it. Like I, it was one of those precious gifts where I did not want to use it up. And I knew that I could not find it anywhere else. It was actually a gift from my step uh, grandparents. So at the time, my father uh, was married to my stepmother and her grandparents had gifted it to me from Germany because they were German. And so, yeah, I valued it a lot because I knew it came from Germany and it just felt so different and exclusive. (laughs) So from there, that's kind of where my journaling journey unraveled. And I wrote down all of my little secrets, only so much secrets a third grader and fourth (laughs) grader could have, right? (laughs) But I kept it for, I think that journal lasted me 
third, fourth, fifth, three years. Wow. Somehow that little 80 page journal, it only had like 80 pages. If I had to kind of guesstimate how many pages by the size of it, it probably had like 80 pages. It was blank and it lasted me until I hit my middle school years. And then the journaling um, path just kind of evolved. But I say I ch it changed my life because I don't know if some of you listeners can relate. My stepmother was very curious and liked to snoop around my room. <laughs> I'm sure some of us have those parents that may do that. I was at, you know, whenever I go to school, she sees the opportunity to look around my room and um, she knew I had that journal. And for the, the longest, I never knew she was reading it until one day, I, don't, I think she forgot to lock it because I always snapped that lock closed. And, um, I kept the key on my desk. I had a pencil holder and I kept it in that pencil holder, but I didn't really find the need to hide it. Cause I, I knew my dad would never go through my room. He was too busy mm. at work. And my stepmom, she was a stay at home, um, wife. Mm. So one day I saw the lock was left open or unlocked, I should say. So I knew it wasn't me. I freaked out, April. Oh my gosh, my heart dropped because again, I didn't have anything juicy. Like, okay, what am I going to write about in the, the third betrayal. fourth grade? You oh know, I forgot to do my homework, <laughs> but still, yeah. <laughs> but still, just the thought that um, my privacy was somewhat, you know, invaded a little yeah. bit, and I lost trust in a part of me that I thought was that could remain secret mm -hmm. and more vulnerable. So it changed my life because that's where I started to learn how to write in shorthand or code. Mm -hmm. And with my journaling practice, that incident kind of remained with me till this day. I can't really write everything that I want in details mm -hmm. in fear that someone would come across my journal. So I write code words, I write like code names, I'll write certain um, phrases that I only, I know what that truly means. <laughs> that's that's kind of like crazy in the sense that uh, a, a thing you thought you could like confide into was just like, you know, bare open to someone else. But at the same right. time, I'm I'm just amazed that you continue to do it anyway even though that had happened and to this day you still journal <laughs> the trick was I started to once that notebook okay so I hit middle school and I moved out of that notebook because all the pages were used up but then I started using my basic school supplies mm -hmm. so in middle school we had to have again I'm a 90s kid so I don't know how schools are nowadays but we had to have a a spiral notebook for every subject. So I would carry around like five notebooks, one for math, one for English, you know, social studies, so forth. So I would, uh, the composition notebook I had was like a three section notebook. Mm -hmm. it, I think it had like 120 pages. So I would actually disguise that half as one of my note taking for school books, but it was actually half journal diary. Oh, wow. um, so I got clever. So here's a little tip for you parents out there, because I don't have kids of my own just yet. But for you parents that um, like to be sneaky and spy on your kids, th that's okay. I, I understand it's coming from a loving space, but I think it also uh, enables the child to become clever and hide better. <laughs> 
so I don't know if I should reveal that, but um, I wouldn't say we're lying, but we can just be more creative. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to turn that lock if you do do try to break into the yeah. lock. No right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Cool. It's, it's kind of like when I was in grade school, my teacher taught me pig Latin. And then mm-hmm. for like a year, I just like write in my journal, like a bunch of pig Latin. And my mother, who English was already not her first language, she was just hella confused. Oh, <laughs> that worked. Me. So she didn't know what you're writing about. <laughs> exactly. So it was like your own little code. <laughs> I know. And so you've been using notebooks and just really into like documenting, you know, journals all this time. Um, well, yeah. And or... so in middle school, I, I started writing a little bit but then of course then you hit puberty mm-hmm. and then you know your interests shift and you're into school crushes and <laughs> makeup and fashion at least I was and when I hit high school I still loved to write I just was now consumed with being a teenager however in high school one <laughs> I kind of laugh thinking about this. We would pass notes in between classes. Again, I'm a 90s kid for you early, uh, <laughs> for you <laughs> kids listening out there that have cell phones that text nowadays. In my day, back in my day, <laughs> we passed notes. We, had those <laughs> we used to pass notes with our, right in our, uh, what were those jelly, those jelly pens, those Sakura. Did you write with those? Those glitter pens? You can roll it up yes. and then hide it into the pen barrel. <laughs> that we would write little notes or fold them in like little um heart shapes but my friends and I there were there were three of us we would actually exchange a spiral notebook so in first period you know I would write to one of my friends I would exchange it and then in the second period she would write about her weekend and we would give it to the third friend and then she would write about her weekend so we had like this little notebook between the three of us that we would just write about um and oh gosh good thing no one ever found that but yeah I liked writing ever since I had that little key and lock journal and then my journaling journey once it came out to light on social media that actually all started well I was journaling before then but I think where I actually started sharing more of what a lot of people liked to see Mm -hmm. on my blog and on Instagram was well it was thanks to social media growing because Mm -hmm. I started off on Blogspot, just blogging about my love for stationery. And my mother, she's Korean, and my parents are divorced. So my mother, she's Korean, and I would go visit her in Korea during the the summer. And one summer um, during my high school years, it kind of changed my life because she took me into one of these those stationery shops. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you know, living in the States, stationery to me was just your composition notebooks, yeah. just your regular you know, basic school supplies. Mm-hmm. And I think we had like Sanrio, but Sanrio was so expensive. My dad would never buy me Sanrio. <laughs> <laughs> and, or like those Hello Kitty brands, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when my mom took me to those stationaries, there was so many beautiful papers and planners, different styles, better paper quality, yeah. you know, cute little 
the cute little charms on the pens, the different types of mechanical pencils. I was in shock. I was like, where has, where, where has this existed all of my childhood, schoolhood years? Stationary um, in terms of the U.S. It's basically like third world country when it comes to stationary. Definitely. States, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So my eyes, I, oh my gosh, I, my mom, she bought me so much stationery that I was able to bring back um, through my high school years, but kind of like now, what did I do? Did I use it? No, of course not. I hoarded it. I did not <laughs> want to use those beautiful pens and pencils thinking that they would get lost or, you know, someone would take it out of my backpack. No. So they just sat at home <laughs> left for me to stare at. But um, what I did as I started college, I still had that love for stationery and I started blogging about it. <laughs> I loved it so much. Nice. I started talking first about my traveling, my interest in traveling, and then, um, you know, my trips to Korea. And then it kind of branched out to that, my interest in the, the Asian stationary um, culture, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how all the school kids have those cute little pen holders and just different accessories. So I, th- I think that's where my online presence really started to come out sharing mm-hmm. that on my blog spot, which is now my main blog at seaweedkisses.com. And then Instagram came out. So Instagram came out. And so I think 2012 is when I got on Instagram and I started sharing my love for all things paper. But funny enough, I didn't start off talking about journals right away. I kind of eased in. I talked about paper and then I was really into pen palling because mm-hmm. then I was able to connect with friends internationally and we got to exchange different types of stationery and what type of paper they had what type of stickers so I had friends from like Taiwan Japan um, Germany Australia all all around the world and we were exchanging paper goods and that was so fun and then from there it led to um, that was the first rabbit hole okay April that was (laughs) the first rabbit hole that I fell deep into and that was that stationery that stationery hole Back I know what you mean because my, my I started with post crossing and that's also how it oh kickstarted. <laughs> yes, me too. Post crossing, oh, bring back memories. Yes. yes, so that's okay. So you know, and uh, collecting stamps. So then this is before uh, uh, this was before Instagram had that smart algorithm. You know, it didn't really show you everything that you were interested in. You had to really search for it, but it was easier to filter through the hashtags yeah. because our niche was so small. I mean, you can put in hashtag (laughs) pen pals and hashtag, you know, Traveler's Notebook and you would find it. So I came across a couple of Japanese journalers Mm -hmm. and that's when I discovered the magical world of the Midori Traveler's Notebook. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So I think that's kind of where my real journey and um, my passion behind this community started yeah where did you acquire your first traverse notebook (laughs) so i i came across the traveler's notebook on instagram in 2012 through the japanese uh you know through the hashtag and because again living in the states i didn't have access to retailers that sold it and i was a college kid so to me i think the resale 
the value, there was retail value was still, I think around the same 40, mm-hmm. $50 to me. That was a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For as a college, college student, student. Yeah. I think that was the most I had ever thought to invest in a journal because again, even though I had good quality stationery from Korea, I mean, Korea stationery was cheap, mm-hmm. you know, it's good quality, but it was affordable, like two, three, four dollars dollars yeah so for fifty dollars a leather notebook I was like oh my gosh and I couldn't touch it I couldn't feel it I you know and again this niche was so small no one had it so it's not like I could just post it on Instagram for sale and someone would buy it on eBay Mm -hmm. so I was really hesitant um but luckily my husband and I we went to New York Mm -hmm. and I was Googling, you know, the big, beautiful city. I was Googling all of the best stationery shops and I came across Kinakunia. Oh yeah, they were the there Japanese. then. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. And I saw that they sold it. And I, that was the first trip. You know, I didn't care to see the Statue of Liberty. I didn't care to see the Empire State Building. I didn't care about the Central Park. Now, my first, I told my husband, okay, first things first, we need to Take go to that Kinokunia bookstore. <laughs> and he was like, okay, <laughs> seriously. So we went and I got lucky because when I went into that bookstore, they, for those that aren't familiar with the Traveler's Notebook um, system, it's it's a leather cover that comes with a blank insert mm-hmm. already. But I think the fascination behind it is you can set up and customize your journal because you, you can yeah. buy different inserts and accessories. So that was the appealing thing about it. Um, but when you buy it, it comes boxed up. So it's not like you can flip through it and touch it. So I was lucky because that day, I think someone had, um, I think they they either returned it or Mm. that bookstore just happened to have one out on the sample, but it wasn't marked as sample. They had the brown standard size just kind of in the plastic wrapper, not in the box, just in the plastic wrapper. So I opened the wrapper. And I took you it like, out and smelt I the leather. <laughs> I was so surprised. Slightly like, oh caress it. <laughs> yes, this leather was so smooth and it was different than any other leather notebook that I came across, you know, my Barnes and Noble bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, of course I bought that and I bought the, tra- uh, the passport size. Right. Oh, oh, you started with passport size. Yeah, so I had both the passport and the regular because it was hard to come by and I just didn't want to pass it up. So I came all the way to New York. I'm going to get both of them. (laughs) So that's where it all started. And then when I came back from that trip, I was so geeked out. I was so excited to share it with my little few Instagram friends and my blog readers. And I posted, I still have the article up. If you, if you're interested on my Seaweed Kisses blog, I think if you filter through 2013, I have it under, I think like my Kinokunia bookstore trip, but you'll see that brown. I still have it. It's the only one I show that regular Midori Traveler's Notebook. And then my passport, it's the original one from that trip. So that is where it all started. And I remember you recently, well, not recently, like a few months ago, you had like a video where you compared like a new brown Traveler's Notebook you bought. Oh, like yeah. compared to that OG <laughs> one, which even still has the majority branding because they rebranded yeah. to Traverse Company. And now I'm mm-hmm. like thinking about, man, I gave my 
first Traverse Notebook, which is also a brown, also has the Midori sign, um, which I bought in 2013 to my sister. And now I really, really want it back because now I know well, she's that. family. So you can, she's family. You can ask for it back. She's not a stranger. I can snatch <laughs> you back. Can still kindly ask it. Yeah. Take it back. Claim what's yours. <laughs> that would be like yeah. my, that, the, the Pope process for you describing how you went to Kinokunya and find it was so parallel to my experience because that was also one of my major stationary purchase when I first started out 2012 2013 and mm -hmm. you went to Kinokuya I went to Tokyo Hands which had a oh. branch in Taiwan so I went to Tokyo mm -hmm. Hands and you know overwhelming Japanese stationery but then also compared to Taiwanese stationery which is super cheap Japanese stuff is kind of pricey and I, I remember just mm -hmm. like just pacing across the display case and <laughs> looking at that Traverse <laughs> notebook and the thing is that in Taiwan when they display stationery I think in Asia they do like mm -hmm. great sample pages and right. you know, it really makes you want to get one because you want to do things mm -hmm. like they did in that display case and I remember coming home and then like open it unboxing it and then just kind of suddenly felt very like underwhelmed like oh no there's just it's just a refill inside and like that leather cover did I make a mistake but then obviously we all came to love <laughs> what this notebook can do because like it's just a magical blank canvas prime for customization and you definitely right. got to try a lot of covers over the year right even though they're not Traveler's Notebook branded I, I like want to yes. dive into that <laughs> even though I like have yeah. other questions to ask because <laughs> you you are a, a big lover of Lacalle I see recently <laughs> yes. the, the Taiwanese leather yes. cover can you like yes. kind of run us through how like you came about to like learning about all these covers mm -hmm. what is your journey through it is there anything we can give listeners like tips on when it comes to choosing a great cover mm. like I know the book is a great <laughs> substance obviously but the cover gives it that extra <laughs> right when it comes yes. to storing your precious journal yes. or planner well, and, you know, I want to also give credit to uh, Patrick Ng on Instagram. Oh God, yeah. He, when I was going through my decision making, if you will, back in 2012, because I, I found out about the Traveler's Notebook in 2012. And I, I didn't go to New York until 2013. I think like three or four months, I did some quote unquote research. And by research, <laughs> I mean, just swooning over other people's Instagram Um pictures but again not too many people had it I had to resort to the Japanese um, creators that I would follow or more like stock um, yeah. but there, back in the day again back in my day kids <laughs> there was Flickr Flickr account was very popular and that's actually how I found Patrick because I think I googled like Midori Traveler's Notebook and then I, I did images and I found Patrick so shout out to you Patrick thank you for putting out your art and all of your beautiful pictures out into the world uh, because he was really the one that kind of helped push me into that decision he had his for I mean, I heard your interview with him. Great interview, by the way. April. I really loved it. But <laughs> he's had his for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So I got to actually see the patina and the wear in the Traveler's Notebook. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give a little quick shout out. So to answer your question, what I look for 
in an ideal leather cover is one that is flexible. I like a cover to be able to kind of mold with my inserts that I choose, mm -hmm. whether one month I bulk them up for travel or if I slim it down for just everyday use. So I really look at the flexibility of it. If it's too stiff, um, then, you know, I, I kind of, I just don't jive with it. Yeah. And then also, mm, so really it just comes to leather feel and texture. If you like it oily, if you like it glossy, um, if you like it scuffed, more scratches, pebbly. Yeah, so the, the pebbly feel texture is, is definitely right. something that a lot of like leather makers had like show off. But that what that's the one that Traverse Notebook did not have, right? Like Traverse Notebook is all right. smooth and even a little mm -hmm. suede recently. Like so that suedeish. Yeah, that's kind of like the new thing I discovered about their new, about their new covers. But I did realize that Traverse Notebook is definitely significantly thinner the leather thickness mm -hmm. compared to mm -hmm. many other brands I've kind of touched and tried from other people I'm, I'm also like you I don't stray and experiment that's why I really <laughs> wanted to to hear from an expert from someone who who did went through a few and then like what what do you like about those <laughs> yeah that's that's actually a great, a great point April because I think that's why I stuck with the Traveler's Notebook because I, my intention was to use it for travel when I originally purchased it. I was working in the travel industry at that time. So I have, um, I had discount to traveling and hotels and flights. So I wanted something that was going to be light and portable. So the appealing part about the travelers company, their notebooks is that it was thinner mm. and leather can be thicker, yeah. especially when you add in the inserts and the accessories. But yeah, that's one thing I look for if it's light and um the, the the texture and feel of it whatever that you know interest however you like your leather to feel but then um I have tried lots of leathers in the past not to say that you know in my eyes the Traveler's Notebook is the best it's mm -hmm. just all a matter of preference again right. so people that prefer that type of leather like the Traveler's Company then you know, the feel that I'm talking about. Some people think it's too basic, too plain, mm -hmm. and they wish there were more features, more um, maybe styles, but I like the minimal aspect to it. And with the Lacau Travelers, or not the Lacau, um, the Lacau Lorite Travelers Notebook, I like those because, well, Diamond, the owner, him and his wife, they're just great. And thanks to my wonderful, Instagram friends, um, I was introduced to a shop and the thing I like and appreciate about his work is that he's very flexible. Mm. Like his leather, ideally, well, at first glance, you know, some of it was pebbly and some of it was kind of thick and I, I wasn't sure how, I, I didn't know how flexible Diamond was because he had a certain style. He was doing more like patchwork mm -hmm. and brighter colors and he did like the button closures. Oh, yeah. So it was more like an artistic, very fun style. But then um, when I reached um, out to Diamond and asked him if he could just do more of a simple Traveler's basic notebook, because mm -hmm. I'm a basic girl. <laughs> um, he was he was so nice and so patient and flexible and yeah, he oh my gosh, he is so great and that's why I love him because for the two man team that he is, 
it's amazing how much he can do and how on top of things he stays, you know, like he's answering all of the Instagram messages and I'm sure his own shot messages. Mm. And, um, I can imagine how overwhelming that may be, but all of the customized requests that I've sent in and my indecisiveness, he still remained professional and patient through it all. And that is one thing that I look for in a company too, because although I don't see myself as an influencer, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see myself more than, you know, the average person through the journaling community. I realize that people do value my opinion or my interests in brands Mm -hmm. and notebooks. So I'm very mindful of who I recommend and share because I have had an experience where certain brands or or shops weren't maybe up to my standards when it Mm -hmm. comes to customer service or just quality. So if I don't really love it, you know, why would I spam you yeah. on my Instagram and share it? Feel the so same. No, mm-hmm. right. So no amount of money or, you know, uh, persuasiveness could convince me to convince my viewers that I love something that I genuinely don't. So I love LaCal Lorite, his shop and him mm-hmm. because he's just very genuine in his craft. You could tell he loves what he does mm-hmm. and he tries his very best to design and bring to life what is in your head. That's awesome. I, I learned about LaCal through Kelly, my co-host, because she got herself a matcha uh, leather from them. And when I touched oh. and viewed it, I was also like, wow, this is, this is beautiful. And like you said, I didn't know he do simple covers because from his Instagram mm-hmm. and his feed, you can see he was really experimental with the style. Mm-hmm. But to mm-hmm. know that, you know, there's, there's this, he could do such variety, but also provide like consistent quality. That's just awesome. And it's scary because as I was listening to you, I'm like browsing his shop right now. And I'm like, I'm enabled <laughs> on the spot <laughs> of recording yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's great. What's great about um, Diamond, again, the owner, I don't know, I don't know if I should be saying this on this podcast, on this podcast, because I don't want to bombard him, but I appreciate the fact that if you maybe don't understand the shop or how to navigate through the customizations, the fact that you can just reach out to the owner, the craftsman himself, and get a response right away is, you know, where, where else can you get that high level of service? <laughs> I know, right? It's like going to a high-end like fountain pen shop, but then like it's it's down to earth because it's like leather. It's a I cover. feel like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like Diamond is like that tailor, that suit tailor, that like you know, you're, it's like he's in your back pocket. It's like that secret tailor that you don't want anyone to know. He knows the right fit. You can go to him. He knows the right cut. You can reach out to him. He can customize whatever outfit you want. I feel like that's who he is um, right now at this point with his business and his leathers and his covers. So yeah, I love, I love his work. That's awesome. I, I'm glad we talk more about him because I, I have recently been on like having this itch about like 
getting another leather cover for some of my other notebooks because I don't know if you've seen, but I'm using like over like 10 systems this year. And you I know, <laughs> some of them are in leather covers and some of them are naked. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. um, this B6 notebook might need a cover. This like, <laughs> this um, A5 slim thing. Like I do have the Travers notebook, but it pokes out a little bit, you know? So, so mm -hmm. this is definitely something I'm kind of, more interested in this year if I had the, the time to look more into it and I'm just so I was like so but, excited to talk to you about this <laughs> yeah you should look into it April because another great thing about uh the Lacalle right shop is you know unlike with other makers you have to decide on a specific size right like a5 b5 b6 a6 mm -hmm. pocket size feel but with diamond you can actually, if that size doesn't exist, you just can give them the dimensions. Oh, and customize <laughs> so it further. Nice. Right. So you're not limited to the uh, standard, you know, standard, regular, whatever, standard notebook um, dimensions. If you have some wonky notebook that's kind of hard to find, just give them the measurements and he'll make it happen. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I love the customized options that he offers mm -hmm. and... Um, the leathers are, they feel really, really great too. I think they're all from Taiwan. They are from Taiwan, yeah. So I'm, I'm just surprised yeah. to to see these makers popping up from Taiwan because I remember when I was there, you know, back home or still working there, to us, it felt like the U.S. is like the maker of leather goods and like in, it's not really like a, a natural resource in Taiwan. We don't have that many cows. <laughs> so to, to know that there's like craftsmen there. But then now that I think about it, Japan also has a lot of great leather goods. So maybe it's more of like a skill thing, less necessarily like a supply thing. So who knows yeah, it could be. but that's but it's still interesting to to kind of learn more about them um mm -hmm. i want to get into your journals though like the actual mm -hmm. books inside <laughs> the covers um because uh -oh, now we're getting into it <laughs> oh my God, I'm, I'm excited because you do a lot and i i want to like get into each of them Usually my, my question would be like, so what is your 2021 lineup, right? And then sometimes people talk about their covers and stuff. But I'm very curious about the different types of things you write about. Mm -hmm. So like, just mm -hmm. like a quick bullet point, you know, you have your watercolor journal, your bullet journal, your gratitude journal. I would love for you to give us like a little rundown of the different kind of journaling. Would I say style or like journaling content that you don't necessarily show, right? Like on your feed but it's something that you do and incorporate into your daily habits, kind of like a two question in one. I would, I would love to kind of you know, hear more about yeah. that. As complex as my journaling um, habits may appear because I use different notebooks, it's really, it's really not. I just use different notebooks to house the same type of style I have. I have the same journaling style. You just see it in different books. So the, <laughs> form, the, the technique, my writing flow is all the same. I just like to experiment with different paper quality, different sizes, um, different writing tools. So to give you an example, my journaling practice, it, it has evolved throughout the years, just like us. You know, we ch change as people. And a great mentor of mine, um, told me that, you know, we change at least seven times in our lives. Mm. So your journaling practice is not 
bound to remain the same. I'm not the same Michelle I was, you know, when I had that little diary key and lock. <laughs> and um, I'm not the same as I was when I was entering college. So my journaling practice has changed and grown with me. In the beginning, when again, I touched on when I was a kid, I wrote more of the details. And then it went to the coding and shorthanding, shorthanded writing. And then as I hit um, into my early 20s, because I'm 30 now, <clears throat> 30s, so hitting 3-0, um, so in my early 20s, entering college, my journaling practice would touch more on my future. What do I want my future to look like? What are my long-term goals? A lot of the things I would write about were positive affirmations mm. and quotes that I would come across. I don't know maybe if you've gone through this phase April or some of your listeners, but mm. I, <laughs> I had like what I like to call a quarter life crisis, even <laughs> though I wasn't 25 yet. I think I was like 20, was it 22, 23? Yeah. So for two, three years, I felt lost. And I'm sure many of us feel like this, especially mm. going through school. You don't know what you want. And in my personal opinion, I feel like in your twenties or even in your teens, that pressure that some of the adults in our lives put on us to decide, what do you want to be? Where do you yeah. want to go? I mean, let me grow up first, you know, yeah. let me enter the real world. I haven't even lived my life outside of school to know what is all out there. And kids these days, I think they are at an advantage because they have access to social media and YouTube. So they can see lives from different perspectives right. and through other people's experiences. But for us, April, you know, 90s kids, we didn't have, we didn't that. have anything so, like, yeah, especially right. fresh out of college around <laughs> 2012, 2013. It was really just kind of like, okay, pick a job and like stay there and climb right. the corporate ladder. And then yeah. like, you'll see what it is. So it's funny. You mentioned you had like a quarter life crisis. Cause I felt like I had it twice once in like 2014 and then once like literally 2017. So it's like oh, yeah. right, right in between those times. I totally get you. <laughs> yeah. So during my quarter life crisis is really when I leaned into journaling a lot, a lot more. My journals became like that therapist that I never had, but perhaps needed to, <laughs> to have at that time. And I would write about, you know, my fears, my insecurities. I was really insecure mm -hmm. in my early twenties. Again, because I didn't have that um, exposure to mm -hmm. other things. So the only thing I could use as a reference were the peers around me and Facebook was still rather new. So I was consumed with comparing myself to my yeah. classmates and where they're at and who has a degree and what and how much money they're making and who has a nice house. And so my journaling style has changed, but what remains the same to this day is bettering myself. I write about how can I better myself? What have I learned? Mm, you know, what, when I feel lost, I try to de dig deeper into those feelings. So the journals are like my therapist, like my best friend. There's no filter. I don't feel judged and I lay everything out there. You know, some things I still put coding into. I code it because I'm still <laughs> scared that someone might find my journal. But yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because when I 
I still have all those notebooks that I, um, that back in my early, you know, twenties going into the corporate world. And it's amazing just to see how much I've grown. So I encourage people, if you have notebooks from the past, hold on to those. Don't burn them. Don't trash them. Store them because I promise you there is something valuable in those pages that you won't, you don't recognize at that time, but throughout the years and years to come, when you flip, when you flip back, it's going to help you realize some things that you weren't able to see. It could help you connect the dots in other ways moving forward, you know? Mm, yeah. Connecting the dots so, for sure when you look back. Yeah. When I, when I share my journaling pages on social media and you see the different books and the, <laughs> the, the journals I'm using, I could dabble into like watercoloring and abstract art, but the root of it, it's really still me trying to find a higher purpose for myself and still getting to know myself on a deeper, a deeper level. Mm-hmm. You know, we're changing in, every day. Yeah. But just and in different coded. systems, right? <laughs> like you, you right, use the astrology most right. and right. probably Travis notebook inserts. I, the stology, um, the stology is great. Uh, the moleskin is really, I, I would say, I, <laughs> I get some backlash on that. Cause I, I, me as a notebook enthusiast, I understand and I recognize the moleskin notebook or moleskin, however you like to pronounce it. I say moleskin now, but the notebook itself like the foundation of it I like that it's flexible it Mm -hmm. stays flat when you keep it open I like the soft cover I used to like the hard cover I like soft cover now and I like the elastic closure the back pocket and I understand the paper quality is not the best if you are a fountain pen enthusiast or if you like gel inks however for me I think because the size it's an interesting size the moleskin is like a slim A5. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not as wide as an A5, but it's a little, it's just as tall. Yeah. And that, um, that little difference, I don't know, it just, it helped. And it really, at first I was using just a regular standard moleskin, uh, the regular size, the soft cover. And I found myself carrying it around mm-hmm. and just, cha- just taking work notes. It started just taking like work notes. I was using it at work because it looked professional with the black cover. Yeah. And then I realized, you know, I realized I reached for this notebook more than I expected. And I had to let go of, not, not that I care what other people thought, but if it worked for me, it works for me, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it worked for me. And then the Moleskin notebook came out with the expanded version where it offers 400 pages versus their regular 193 pages, I think. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The, so the fatter one. Lovers, <laughs> yeah, it's really thick. <laughs> it's thick. And I got that and it just kind of transformed into an art journal. And again, I don't recommend this for you professional, (laughs) like mixed media artists. By far, it is not, no, that paper is not great with watercolor. It's not great with darker inks, but it's, it was my security blanket, just the feel of it. Again, it laid flat, just that feeling it gave me, that comfort it provided, it helped unleash more in a deeper journaling practice that I was seeking. So really, when you look at the type of 
journal or diary or notebook that fits um, fits your needs, you really have to step aside from social media and just think about what works for you. Is your life busy? Do you need something smaller, compact? Um, do you want something a little bit more formal or structured, something that looks a little bit more professional or prettier? You, it's all a matter of your preference. Um, don't care too much about what other people say and what's popular, what's not, what's the best paper quality. Because let me tell you, like you said, April, I have used so many notebooks <laughs> and covers. And, you know, I, we may be going off the topic here, but 2020, okay, let's talk about 2020. <laughs> Okay, before we talk about my 2020, I want to ask you, how, how would you explain your 2020? April? Oh my gosh, a dumpster fire, but also a year of just so much fun stuff because of the stationary cafe. So I take it like, you know, 50% happiness, 15% despair, <laughs> obviously with the, with the thing going on. But, but I, I, I think I kind of like my 2020 actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that because in the beginning, I'm sure like all of us, we were like, oh my gosh, what is this year? It's the worst year ever. And in some parts, um, yeah, it was unimaginable in some ways, but for me, it was like a hidden blessing. I realized that 2020 made me realize that I was happier with less and I was happier with just the basic essentials mm. you know that fancy sailor fountain pen that I bought myself I did not reach for that during those <laughs> times I was having <laughs> my another you know crisis I was reaching for my basic ballpoint pens when I was out going to Walmart or Target doing my grocery runs was I carrying my you know nice traveler's company notebook or my lookout. No, I was not. You know what I was carrying around? This cheap little spiral notebook from the 99 cent store. So it made me realize that my journaling practice becomes and stays authentic when I let go of the stress of the materials. If that mm. makes sense. That's a little bit of a mouthful. No, I, I think it makes and perfect because, sense. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, and because I wasn't going into the office as much, I didn't, not to say that I was showing off with my notebooks, but I found excuses, right? When we go, when we have a purpose, when we, when we go somewhere or we have an event or we go to work, we buy clothes for those occasions, we buy accessories. So I was finding myself buying stationary items for that excuse. Oh, for work, I need a new work planner. I need a professional work planner. I need a semi-professional leather cover. <laughs> I need a nice fountain pen to sign contracts. But really, it was um, to kind of show off for the other people. I mean, it, it was for me, but it really was for me to look good in front of other people, right? Because mm -hmm. if I didn't care what people thought, then I would just go into that meeting with my neon pink spiral notebook from the 99 cent store <laughs> and my basic big ballpoint pen mm -hmm. actually I, I don't really care for big more like paper mate, ballpoint <laughs> pen. Paper mate. Yeah. Um, so 2020 I say it was a hidden a, a blessing in disguise uh, because I let go of um, a lot of my stationary obsessions that I thought I needed or I thought were essential and they really weren't that's pretty amazing and 
I want to like agree with you with what you mentioned earlier too about how you stuck to moleskin because you find that it worked for you the most. And I feel like I am the same way with the Hobonichi because that was my first journal. And mm -hmm. today, I don't know if you've been following, but like, you know, they said that the paper is deteriorating because they have like the new Tomorrow paper. People are moving on to Cosmo, Cosmo Airlight. They're moving on to different systems. And for me, it's no longer, I don't even tell people why I use the Hobonichi because it's like for the paper or the watercolor, because I don't even do that in there anymore. It's really just has, like you said, the security blanket, the moleskin. The Hobonichi was what I've been journaling in for so long. The, the, the cadence, the template, the, the habit that well, I, I'm like, I clung to is really what's going to make me stick to Hobonichi for probably for the next 10 years, even if better paper or better system came out. So I totally like am not judging you at all for the most kid because I feel like in a way I'm stubbornly attached to my Hobonichi this year even more so when people had already like start saying that's not as good, you know, the, the pens and the, the stickers and all the other kind of things. There's better things out there. So I, I, mm -hmm. feel, I feel you in the same way. <laughs> yeah. That's kind and, of you know, kind of going back on... Um, Again, because I don't count myself as an influencer, but I do notice that I have an audience and, you know, people would message me and say, you know, like, why do you use a moleskin? Um, you know, there's better notebooks out there. And yes, I, you know, I appreciate the feedback and they would kindly uh, direct me to better um, notebooks or res uh, resources or makers. And now I feel like the, the stationary business is booming. Back then, we didn't have that many choices. I feel like the paper quality in certain um, notebooks weren't the best, but I think now maybe us, our community has helped other businesses <laughs> seek better quality of papers and setups. But, um, you know, the, the Moleskine notebooks, I, not that price is important, but when I would get these notebooks, aside from the expanded version, because it's new, I would find them at my discount retailers, like TJ oh, yeah. Maxx, Marshalls, <laughs> Ross. So, you know, people would always comment or message me saying like, oh, you know, my, my $5 notebook is better than the Moleskine. Well, yeah, funny enough, that's kind of the same price I paid for the Moleskine too. You know, I, I'm not paying, <laughs> I'm not, you know, this, but by no means I'm not trying to bash Moleskine, but I'm just saying what works for you works for you yeah, it's kind of like a um, shop at Moleskin. sorry Moleskin, but that's that's <laughs> what it is <laughs> i mean you know like i i admittedly yeah I, i'm not going to pay 20 dollars for that paper but i do like the again the foundation of it at the time at the time they were the notebook that i could find in my area that offered the elastic closure mm -hmm. that was a soft cover with a pocket in the back now again there's probably makers that do provide that but for me it was harder to come by so it was easier for me to find those moleskins at my local discount retailers so that's another reason why i kind of clung on to that and also because i used it for travels mm -hmm. it was just flexible because it wasn't leather I wasn't afraid to just toss it around. Toss it. I had water spill on it. You know, if I'm traveling and I'm just throwing it in my backpack and my water, my water bottle um, sweats or leaks, I don't care about that. 
notebook. Now my Trevor's company is a different story, but you know, the, the moleskin, it was nice because it kept it closed with the elastic, but yeah. the soft cover was still smooth and water resistant where I can just rub it off. So that was another reason too, I guess those nostalgic travel memories, but nice. um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want to ask you, April, for your Hobonichi, what were you using before that? Or did you find your journaling journey kind of started with the Hobonichi? Mine started with the Hobonichi. Um, first oh, one okay. in 2020, 20, sorry, 2012. And then the mm-hmm. official one in 2014. And Travers Notebook was, has always just been kind of like the accompanying notebook for when mm-hmm. it's like travel mm-hmm. specific, whether it's traveling within the right. city. But the, for the, like the emotion part that you talk about, the one where we write about how we feel, um, the things that is going on in our life, like for me, during the, the crisis, the quarter-life crisis, <laughs> what am I holding on to? So that has always just been in the Hobonichi. I think I did try out Moleskine in the very beginning, but like I was kind of a pen snob back then, like especially when you first started and got into fountain pen. So that didn't work out well for me. But I do find that, you know, with your style where it's like, I, I, I like how your style is very unlike other Instagrammers out there where like, you know, fancy spread, right? Like perfect, mm-hmm. perfect layout, like, you know, great handwriting. Not that your handwriting isn't great. You're, it's, it's your not unique great. style. It's not great. <laughs> but like compared to no, the bullet journaling not. style, right? Yours is so free form and so mixed media and so like uh, liberating that I can see how a moleskin could work for you and how there are actually people who see books like yours and be like, oh, that, so that's why I need a moleskin because there's no limit to how I need the book to look. Like I right mm-hmm. now have the fear when I have this beautiful Arjunalem notebook in front of me, I have like this fear, I need to bullet journal or write my spread in a certain way. Otherwise it's not worthy of this $25 uh. notebook. But I feel mm. like if I had a moleskin right now, I would not care. <laughs> like, I'm right. going to put pen to paper on this book and I won't even care how it looks because right. it's a moleskin, maybe. I think that's, that's it kind of actually, went, went no, weird this way. <laughs> no, you bring up a, a very great point. And actually, that kind of reminded me, I think subconsciously, that's another reason why I gravitated towards a moleskin because it was accessible. When I had the fancier covers, the more expensive notebooks that were, you know, from Japan or other retailers that were harder to come by or that would sell out and weren't as accessible, I would use them slow, slower, or I would try to, um, you know, uh, preserve, preserve the pages. Kind of like your little tiny book with the lock, you used it for three years. Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Full circle here. Again, the Moleskin notebook, at least, you know, in my area, I can find it at any retailer. And I think that's why I'm able to just uh, let loose and just journal away because I have no fear and I'm, there's no restrictions. I'm not paralyzed by the cover. The paper quality is not intimidating to me. I don't feel like it's fancy, you know? It's kind yeah. of like when you go out on a date or if you're going out with friends meeting with colleagues if you go to a fast food place yeah it's a casual setting you're a little right. bit more comfortable now if someone invites you to a fancy five-star michelin dinner <laughs> you're kind of paralyzed you're like okay where where does the fork go which which knife do i use yeah. and where's the butter knife you know so you're kind of restricted with your movement the conversation doesn't maybe come out as um fluidly yeah. but when you're in, in that casual setting with your casual notebook 
anything yeah. goes exactly and more comes out yes yeah i love it you it's really this conversation has really reminded me of another guest we had anna uh, from girl and mm -hmm. quill she's the same way she's also been using like the amazon basics notebook she like is at like book number 300 something already in her journaling life and it's the same way it's because she isn't stuck on the good paper or like the particularly fancy notebooks she just writes in any other notebooks many at the same time and then in a way she gets more out of the journaling experience because she's able oh, to yeah. actually commit more to the the creating right the writing part rather than the uh blank page syndrome which is which is actually a question i was going to ask i feel like you don't have that issue at all right yeah. like when you when you open well, the book to start for me i don't because kind of touching on what you said i with my style i mean i'm still ama amazed to this day with a, the following the numbers not that numbers matter but i'm just surprised that people gravitate towards what i have to share because there are prettier makers out there, prettier journalers, calligraphers, decorators, scrapbookers. And, um, you know, my style is very basic. It's just very minimal. It's scratchy. My handwriting is not pretty. And I think for the long time, that's why there was that resistance mm -hmm. to go on social media. I think that's why I stuck with pen palling because I was able to feature the prettiness of the stationery versus my writing mm -hmm. and my private practice. And then when the Traveler's Notebook came out, um, you know, then I felt a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, um, yeah, that's great. When you find that notebook that just makes you feel comfortable, more comes out. And in 2020, another thing I realized, and it was kind of like an epiphany. I don't know why it took this long in my <laughs> journaling journey, but I realized I was... At, I don't want to blame social media, but I'm going to blame social media. Okay. It's Let's like a blessing and a curse. Let's blame social media. I'm all for it. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure I can be blamed for some of the, um, the spending too. Uh, but I feel like 2020 for me, I realized I was chasing the high of something new. Mm. I was always, I was always wanting to feel like what it was like to write in a different notebook in this different quality in this different cover yeah and i was finding comfort and happiness through material possessions thinking that it was going to help me cope with the life chaos and it, I, I had to come to that realization that you know obviously it didn't work because i was still stressing out and i wasn't happy and um admittedly as much as i don't want to admit i think like by the fifth month into 2020 oh my gosh i spent more than i ever had in my stationary life <laughs> and i i had it all but i still wasn't satisfied wow. and on top of that i was still subconsciously at the end of the night April, when I was putting my head on my pillow and resting, I was reaching for that basic ball pens and spiral 99 cent notebook. <laughs> so that was my comfort blanket. And that's when I realized, you know what, I, I'm just going to stick to what I like, what I use, regardless of if it's popular. And I realized that, um, you know, as, as human beings, beings, we are naturally attracted to things that inspire us. Mm -hmm. We are attracted to, we are attracted to beauty. Um, and I don't offer a lot of 
help when it comes to like how to set up a beautiful uh, a beautiful layout or a mm-hmm. setup it's just kind of like real and raw it's random and I encourage those that may be fearful of showing their art it doesn't even have to be journaling it could be art your works um, you know you're singing just just throw it out there because someone like me is looking for someone like you and that's why I started my whole social media journey. I saw the pretty washi tape, the pretty stickers, and I admired that, but I was also still looking for someone like me. Like who right. has chicken scratch like me? Who <laughs> doesn't use, you know, right. the pretty stationary stuff and who sticks to the basics? Right. You know, who really sticks? And it's, it's really hard to find those people or those people are just too shy to come out thinking yeah. that maybe they can't inspire others. I know. And Did you're I like, the, no, I think you're like the perfect example of how important it is sometimes for us to kind of come back from our shopping carts, <laughs> guys, close those browsers and then like really go back to like, what is it that we do when we want to write or want to start a journal? And I think it's very important. And I love that, you know, your story is going to really help people start thinking about that question and you know me included right like I I was looking through your feed before we started recording and I'm just like now I want to go back to my empty notebooks and just and just do list just do chicken scratch writing and just not feel like I needed to border with washi tape or adding stickers on it and I I can have a variety of style and in that way, I also very admire my friend Phyllis, who who's just like that. She she her style changes time to time, and she does these free flow art journaling style like yours. And I felt like the more I got into got back into watercolor, the more I'm fixated with having to have a complete beautiful painting that I couldn't do that kind of stuff. So, like I like you said, um, twenty twenty turns out to be a year of epiphany for you, for me as well. It's because by these through these conversations with all these different people and their style I was able to be more relaxed and less rigid about my journaling journey as well and it's like each week I'm like oh I want to do this like her I want to do this like him I want to try this and in, in a way it's a great like creative exploration and for my oh my god what, what would be another one? 30% life crisis. <laughs> also 31 year old right here. Yeah. It's, it's been a great journey for me. And I'm just really, really happy, you know, to, to have find this community with a lot of different style out there. Yeah, I'm grateful for this community. And I'm grateful for creators like yourself, April. Actually, that's how I came across you. Because thanks to you for putting out, you know, your interest I think on YouTube, your video, uh, your doodling tools for the Hobonichi Techo, yeah. I found you there. You're so cute with your little pencil case and showing your writing tools. I don't know what I was, you know, I live off of YouTube. I don't even watch TV. So I don't know how, maybe the algorithm gods just pushed you through, but I found you and I was like, oh my gosh, there's another girl that loves pens and has a pen case. I know it was all black then too like it was it was a cute pen case with just a bunch of black pens because I was like I don't have that much experience or learn about all those stationery like the I mean I love stationery but I don't know how many more there are <laughs> so it was also a very naive part of my life back then I yeah, filmed, I filmed that video in the park 
yeah I, I that's what I love you see that's okay that is what I love those are the creators that I um really gravitate towards like that real and raw you could tell that you didn't really um put too much stress into like the surroundings, those studio lights, you know, you didn't care about it. You just kind of, <laughs> it just seems so natural. Like you just turn on the camera and was like, okay, here's my pencil case and here are my doodling tools. And I loved it. And then I think at that time I was trying to experiment with watercoloring. Mm. So your other video uh, drawing using water brushes mm -hmm. in 2015, I came across that video because I was into that particular a portable water brush, yeah. the one that you can, yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I've been a fan of yours for a long time, <laughs> April. So. Oh my gosh, those videos back in the days, almost wanted to delete them. <laughs> like April. <laughs> I feel bad because I know that 2020, um, you know, like myself, I was turning to uh, escapism. I was using YouTube to just kind of pass the time by. But I feel bad too because um, I felt like I should have been producing more content to help others, but going back to my journaling practice, really what I had to write about was <laughs> kind of dark and private. Like, how can <laughs> yeah. I talk to you about and my, uh, you know, my other life crisis and my worries and my anxiety? So a lot of the true journaling pages that I capture mm -hmm. are like a secret hidden practice you mm -hmm. know it's some things are just aren't meant to be seen like people's mm -hmm. undergarments you know like right it's you can't share the world with the world um but <laughs> it's just very intimate so i try my best to show more of my pages but it's really really hard and sometimes i stress out over this because i know that there are people that would like to see more of my style because it could be similar to theirs mm -hmm. but then I'm afraid of showing more of that vulnerable side and um, that's another reason why I posted a lot of videos recently too because I'm letting go of that consumerism a lot of things that I once took pleasure in no longer bring me joy so I don't really want to um, I don't want to give people that impression that, oh, if you have this fountain pen or if you have this right. nice leather cover, it's going to make you happy. Look how it makes me happy because it didn't make me any happier than right. my 99 cent notebook. <laughs> I, so. I, I think one in one of your most recent videos for people who want to go check it out, you did one where you kind of was going through Actually, it was two. So from one, it was the art journal flip through. And you said that oh, yeah. to, in order to do an art journal, you have these rules. And I love those rules. Um, like, and the first one was just like, this is not for the eye of other people, right? And that's, oh, right. I broke that rule. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah. at the same time, on the video. <laughs> but at the same time, that's really how you like are able to feel like there's nothing holding you back right like mistakes or you know chicken scratch or anything and then the other video i think you said something about you know finding a notebook you love and the rest come effortlessly mm -hmm. and i feel like that's definitely your complete takeaway from um mm -hmm. year 2020 and how people like us you know we we love stationery we love the tools but also love the process, I think is, is mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get at, you know, love the process of writing, love the process of creating. And, you know, the worst thing that could happen is to buy all these things and then let it sit around 
and mm-hmm. you know not feel the joy from using it so I, I'm still right. very just happy that you got to you, you got to like share with us your your story of how it came about mm-hmm. and and I hope Thank it'll you. I hope it'll reach a lot of people and you know give them a a refreshed attitude, not a change attitude. Like I don't want people to feel bad about buying, but then also like, you know, what else can I, if you're feeling like you needed the, the high of another purchase, like what, what is it that could stand in the middle between those two mm-hmm. to help you feel more fulfilled, you know? So I, I really appreciate <laughs> what you shared. Well, thanks for reminding me, April. That actually reminded me of when speaking of that, uh, the art journal, cause I use the moleskin expanded and I just remembered another reason why I wanted to use that was because it has 400 pages and you know I'm a creature of habit but I'm also lazy too I'm really lazy and I think secretly that's why I couldn't stick with the fountain pens because I just didn't want to change out the ink and clean it and if it dries up oh gosh no you know I'm not that high maintenance and uh that moleskin because I had 400 pages I didn't have to hop out of it anytime soon Mm. so it kind of just kept me dedicated to that notebook and the uh, some people reach out to me um, asking, you know, what advice could I offer for someone that wants to stick with a one genuine book. journaling or one book or a journaling practice? It doesn't necessarily have to be one book. Um, it helps because I do understand that some people like myself, you want to use different journals for different things. Like I don't art journal in the same notebook where I have, you know, my work ideas right. or uh, my project ideas, but I really and this is hard to say during the social media age, but I really think if you are truly interested in tapping into a deeper journaling practice, do not share it on social media. Do not try to show off for the likes or the acceptance um, for the applause, because Mm -hmm. then you are going to be in the back of your mind. You're going to be struggling with being true to yourself but also trying to please others and I know all about trying to trying to people please <laughs> I know all about that <laughs> so um yeah yes you have to you have to that was another rule I wanted to stick with just create as if no one was watching and I I got this interesting message someone actually messaged me I think it meant to be a little jab but I took it as a compliment someone said um that that moleskin flip through, they were like, oh, you call this an art journal? This looks like something my six-year-old could do. Oh my <laughs> God, thought, that's so mean. <laughs> Keep it to yourself, you guys. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I thought that was so funny because I, not that that was like mission accomplished, but it just showed that I really was tapping into a childlike part of myself. You know, it was like a free flow form and someone was able to recognize that there wasn't any stiffness behind it. You know, I was so wild and free that you thought a six-year-old could do better than me. (laughs) So, I mean, that's great. Again, that's what I'm saying. If you try to please others, then you're never going to find your style. Did that comment shift my style? No, it didn't. I'm still going to uh, quote unquote, you know, art journal the way that I want to, whether you want to define it as art journaling or not. For me, art journaling is just incorporating different techniques other than the written word. So it could be stickers, it could be paint, it could be, you know, just paper, ephemera, pictures. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I love it. I love it though. I love the story. And I think 
I'm really glad we talked about all we talked about today because for, for people who want to know about Michelle's like style and like how she art journals, go to YouTube and check it out there. <laughs> See we the kisses on YouTube. But I think the spirit of journaling and what we touched on today, the real and raw, is really the greatest takeaway for me <laughs> myself. And I, I I really love that, you know, hopefully the listeners can also relate or resonate or you know find something useful from it and for yeah. those who wants to follow michelle's um journey the epiphany and all the things she continues to do in the future you can find her on instagram at seaweed kisses you can find her on her blog seaweedkisses.com and then obviously the youtube like i mentioned and as always if you like the station cafe feel free to give us a review on apple Podcasts. we always appreciate that you can also join our new Discord community. Um, send us a DM on Instagram and we'll give you an invite and or our Facebook community, which is totally free to join. And as always, we look forward to bringing you another great episode next week. Bye, Michelle. Bye. Thank you for having me.